Welcome to the Dive Podcast presented by Willamette Week. I'm your host, Hank Sanders. Join us every Saturday for a deep discussion about the biggest stories of the week. Go behind the scenes with journalists, political figures, and newsmakers to get a unique look at our city. And also, I want to hear from you, the listener. So please send any questions, critiques, or sponsorship inquiries to my email at hsanders at wweek.com. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode of the Dive Podcast. Welcome back to the Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Tank Sanders. Today is December 4th. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 49 of The Dive. We are joined today by Willamette Week reporter Sophie Peel. Sophie's telling us all about the latest in Portland's trash. Now, I know what you're thinking. Portland's trash, how could that be interesting? I'm going to go to a different show. Now, before you go to a different show, let me tell you, it's a fascinating discussion. There is a war going on that you may not know about. So that's what we want to bring to you. We want to bring you this discussion about a battle that's ensuing in our trash system. And that's what we do in the show. 48 straight episodes of taking mundane topics that may not be super interesting and having fascinating discussions about it. And this is another one of those. But before we bring you that story, here are all the headlines, everything that happened this week. This is the 9 Second News Flash. Well, folks, Oregon's longest-serving congressman, Peter DeFazio, will not be seeking re-election. Oregon Labor Commissioner Val Hoyle has thrown her name in the hat to try to replace the congressman. Guys, let's just knock out all this politicking before we can move on to stories that might be of more interest to you. So we do have to get through these, though. Oregon Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum will not run for governor. Republican House Minority Leader Rep. Drazen will run for governor. Akasha Lauren Spence has been appointed to fill the vacant Senate seat left behind by Senator Ginny Burdick. Spence is a Democrat, and this is her second stint as a replacement lawmaker. She served as an interim representative for a year for House District 36 between Jennifer Williams stepping down and Lisa Reynolds taking over. So she will not be running for the seat. She is, uh, she's not going to run again for that same seat. She will actually be running to challenge City Commissioner Dan Ryan in the upcoming race. So it's a little bit of seat warming before that race goes on. Okay, moving right along. Remember when we did that episode a while back about the shooting of Robert Delgado? If you don't remember, in April of this year, the Portland police shot a man who was wrongly believed to have a real gun in his hand. It turned out it was just an airsoft gun. This sparked calls for police to be scaled back and led to pushes for healthcare workers to be sent to certain 911 calls if there seemed to be a mental health issue, like there was in this case. Well, we now know what Mr. Delgado had on him at the time of his death. He'd been experiencing homelessness. Along with the airsoft gun that led to his shooting, he was carrying his clothes, a tent, a couple bucks of cash, a tiny bit of weed, a sleeping bag, some alcohol, and cardboard. That story is always very difficult to talk about, so let's switch to something a little bit more upbeat, something I'm personally very excited about. I love camping, and if you like it as much as I do, you're going to be very happy about this. Several Oregon state parks have received $50 million for campground upgrades. This will include new loops for new tenting areas, riverside cabins, shower buildings, and some more campgrounds. I love it. Great news. 
Blazer star CJ McCollum is partnering for a second year with Trap Kitchen PDX to hand out free Christmas trees this year. And I heard that Christmas trees this year are already hard enough to get your hands on. Some shortage issues from the pandemic, I don't know, but I've been hearing about it in the news. So it's hard enough to get your hands on them, let alone from the hands of a Portland hometown hero. Best of luck to you. Last but not least, check out Moon Room to get a drink or Midnight Society. Those are bars and tap rooms that we are recommending to you this week. Of course, if you want a couple more suggestions, check out our paper online or in print form. As you know, it's also a recipe for disaster to drink on an empty stomach. So for food, check out Brasa Haya or the small plate pastry place, Zucker Cream. Now, Zucker Cream has the label of something that I really love. Supposedly, it is quote-unquote cozy AF, cozy AF. If you don't know what that means, look that up. Well, folks, that's our stories for the week. This has been the 90 Second News Flash. We turn now to our main story of the week. Sophie Peel brings us the story all about little white boxes. The company Ridwell has been signing up tens of thousands of your neighbors to their program. If you sign up, pay a couple bucks a month, they give you a metal box and you get to fill it with batteries, light bulbs, styrofoam, and they promise to recycle it when they come by twice a month. Now they do this because it's something that Portland City trash crews won't do. They'll just throw that in the landfill. But Ridwell has now been caught in the middle of a war between them and the Portland City trash movers, haulers as they're called, and we go into this battle and talk about what's going on, we give you the rundown, and what we can expect in the coming months. With that, let's run the tape. All right, Sophie, thanks so much for joining. Episode 49, great to have you. Um, Let's start with this, Sophie. What is Ridwell? So um, Ridwell is a uh, Seattle-based company that started in 2018, and essentially what they do is they pick up a number of hard door cycle items from people's doorsteps. So if you subscribe to Ridwell, it's anywhere from $12 to $16 per month. You get a little white metal box, um, and throughout, you know, two weeks, you fill it up with uh, things like plastic film, um, light bulbs, batteries, Trash haulers are disgruntled and unsatisfied with Ridwell being allowed to conduct their business, you know, conduct their curbside recycling. But it's such a small percentage of trash. It's like 0.006%, whatever you had in the article, very, you know, much less than a percentage of a percent. So why do they care? Do they see Ridwell as a threat? They can't possibly see that as a threat. So right now, Ridwell is really not presenting a financial threat to the Portland trash haulers. Like you said, it's it's four zero, so it's point zero 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 six percent of Portland's total waste stream that ends up in landfills. So, like you said, a tiny, tiny portion of you know Portland's total waste and recycling. Um, that being said, I think it's sort of the uh, sort of the warning signs of what Ridwell is doing. You know, Ridwell came into this market; they sort of uh, cheerfully defied regulators in a lot of ways. And, you know, counties and cities have told them to stop operating and they keep, you know, they're kind of using the Uber argument of we're so revolutionary. You know, we have never been, we've, there's never been anything that's been anything, you know, close to what we offer. You know, it's interesting because you talked about the Uber and Lyft analogy and obviously in, in, you know, here, taxi cabs are the city haulers. Um, But with Uber and Lyft, they 
completely improved the product of rideshare. It's, it was cheaper. I don't know. Uh, it seems like those prices have changed a little bit, but it was cheaper. It was friendlier. I didn't have to talk to anybody. I didn't have to haggle. So it was a much better product. It seems like Ridwell is finding the very small niche where 0.00006 tra- percent of trash is now being handled by Ridwell, but everything else is handled by the city. So do they promise to eventually down the road handle 99% of trash better than city haulers? Or what's going on there? Because it doesn't seem like there's that great difference between what Ridwell, what a private company could promise mm-hmm. in caring for your trash than what the public uh, officials can. Mm-hmm. That's what's interesting about Ridwell and where I think it really does, you know, differ from the Uber and Lyfts of the world is that they're, you know, they're in high demand, but they're in high demand with a very certain subsection of, of Portlanders, you know, middle to high income for the most part. I mean, most people aren't going to pay, you know, 14 bucks a month just to have their, uh, you know, light bulbs and batteries picked up. I mean, they are, they're catering to a a certain group of people. Um, as far as their long-term goals, I, I don't really know. I mean, they're backed by venture capitalists, which means those venture capitalists, you know, think that it's going to get a lot bigger, but I, I don't ever see them really bringing their, their costs down. I think part of the reason why their costs are, you know, high compared to, I mean, I guess like you said, there isn't really another service quite like it, but why they're just high in general is because there are limited markets and processing facilities that are able to take those products. So that's part of the reason why the curbside haulers haven't incorporated this citywide yet, or I guess Metro and the city haven't incorporated this citywide yet is because we don't really have the infrastructure after you throw those things, you know, in your recycling bin to really process them and send them to stable, reliable end market. And then I want to go after exactly what you were just talking about, which is the transportation of these products that you recycle with Ridwell. And we talked to Nigel earlier on in the season in one of the earlier episodes about how the sustainability issue isn't just one of, oh, what can you recycle and what can you not recycle and what ends up in a landfill, but it's also of the things that are recyclable. There's so much transportation between your doorstep where you recycle them to where they can actually be repurposed. And you talked here about how Ridwell sends products to Nevada, to Texas. And so for a product that not only only fits a small niche of things to throw out, but also does it for the promise of sustainability, there's that issue of now you're also putting them on trucks and transporting them thousands of miles to another part in the country and using greenhouse gases, using gas, you know, that that's harmful for the environment. So do you think that there's at all some hypocrisy in this product? I don't know. You know, that was something that early on in the reporting of the story, we were thinking about kind of going down that rabbit hole. And, you know, I talked to a few different recycling experts who I think have a really good handle on when something's just a bunch of fluff and when it's not. And, you know, I'd asked them about Ridwell's end markets. And again, like you said, transportation costs, whether it, you know, actually comes out to being more environmentally friendly. They said that they, you know, they said there weren't uh, any obvious red flags. That doesn't mean that there isn't necessarily anything, uh, you know, below that. Again, that wasn't really what we went after with this story, but I think it's a good question. You know, they are, they, they did tell me that they, they get paid for two of their products that they ship out of state. But they did say the transportation costs, you know, negate any profit that they would 
doing for those. And I think even that might make you wonder, you know, if, if you're not getting any profit from those, like what, what are those transportation costs? You know, how much are they actually? And, you know, again, does that sort of zero out the environmental benefit that you say this is providing? The trash haulers of Portland claim that Ridwell is doing the work of the trash haulers, but that's not true, right? Because they are offering, you know, whether you see the place in the market or not, that's just patently false because they are doing something that trash haulers won't do, which is they are promising to recycle things like light bulbs, styrofoam, um, batteries, which the trash haulers don't do that. So instead of complaining, why don't the trash haulers just say, hey, now we're going to recycle. Hey, everybody who's paying 45 bucks a month for us, we're now going to recycle those things, have a separate bin. And I feel like that would end the argument. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there's actually like some legit reasons that, you know, the city hasn't implemented these things, at least citywide. You know, right now, if a trash hauler wanted to stand up a similar subscription service to Ridwell's, they could because of the exemption that city could pass in October to allow services like Ridwell to operate subscription services. So if anyone, any of the nine residential trash haulers in Portland wanted to stand up a similar service, they could. I think cost-wise at this point probably doesn't make sense. Um, but why the city hasn't done this, uh, you know, citywide is first of all, cost. I mean, we don't know how much our, our, you know, garbage cost would go up per month, but it's guaranteed that it would to some extent. And a lot of people either don't want that or they can't afford it. And I want to talk about this one line that you wrote, Sophie, before we go. And the line is quote, the haulers see Ridwell as a threat to the system, the system that's, that is trash hauling. So I want to know how powerful is the trash hauling union in Portland? And can we expect to see, I know you've talked about a couple of bills and a couple uh, movements in city hall, but can we expect to see Portland really come down and support the trash haulers or are they going to take a more hands-off approach to this? At this point, the understanding that I got from um, city officials and electeds is that they, they really don't have, they don't see a way right now to make this a citywide mandate. Um, I, I mean, I would even describe their response as sort of like a few people, you know, when I, when I reached out to them for comment or whatnot, you know, their response was like, this is such a tiny portion of, of our waste stream that like, this is not what we're concerned about right now. I think there's some merit to that. You know, I think, I think the trash haulers being upset about Ridwell, I think some people see as a little bit ridiculous if you don't see kind of the, the anxieties below that and why Ridwell does scare them. Um, and I mean, you know, the Bureau of Planning and Sustainability, which has the, the contracts with the trash haulers for the city, they were very clear in that we do not intend to restrict this service to just the trash haulers. It doesn't make sense for us or logistically. And also, like, we just it's it's not our priority right now. Last question here. So when you are a member of the subscription service that has city employees coming in hauling your trash, you throw a battery into your trash, it goes to a landfill. Take us to the life cycle of a battery, using this example, in a Ridwell product, in a Ridwell recycling container. With a Ridwell product? Yeah. Okay. So you would put your, there's like a special little canvas bag, maybe not canvas. Uh, I don't, yeah, I guess it, lo- it looks a little bit like a tiny potato sack. That's a terrible <laughs> description, but you know, you put your batteries in there and then your Ridwell driver comes and picks it up. You have you know, they pick up four other bags. It's you're, you're doing the separation. 
So that's kind of another benefit of Ridwell. They're not really sorting anything out. Like you're doing that for them. You're doing a lot of the labor for Ridwell. Anyways, and quick interjection there. And what if I yeah. do it wrong? What if I do it wrong? Because there's all this- If you do it wrong with Ridwell, my understanding is that they are so small. And because, uh, you know, their employees are doing all the unloading of bags. I assume that they would catch that light bulb in the batteries. Um, and, and again, I think that is benefiting them some way in staying small is that they do have sort of the, the one-on-one handling that can allow them to get most of their products recycled. So anyways, battery goes to the warehouse in Northeast Portland. It gets put in a Home Depot little orange bucket filled with other batteries. Um, and then they ship them off to a place in Seattle called Eco Lights, where they also send all their light bulbs. Um, and I think they might, I think I'm remembering this correctly, um, but uh, um, they, you know, they fill up a, enough of the Home Depot buckets to like put on a pallet and they put the pallet on the truck and then they drive it up to Seattle to the place called Eco Lights, which makes new batteries and new light bulbs. Sophie, thanks so much for your time and thanks for your work on this story. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Till next time. Bye. Well, folks, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Dive Podcast. Come back next week for episode 50 of The Dive. Hey, we've got to do something special. I'm sure we will. It'll be a good time. Till then, stay safe. Keep reading. For Willamette Week, I'm Hank Sanders. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Dive Podcast, presented by Willamette Week. For more information on this podcast or the biggest stories in Portland, go to wweek.com and follow Willamette Week on all socials. We're doing some really cool things related to the podcast on our Instagram and Twitter. Includes giveaways, behind the scenes, etc. A lot of cool things coming your way, so give those a follow. Special thanks to our guests for joining us, and thank you to Aaron Mesh, Mark Zussman, and Brian Panganibon, as well as the entire Willamette week family last but not least thank you so much to heather witty and ampmusic.co for the music that you hear on this podcast for willamette week i'm hank sanders this has been the dive podcast